Good morning, church. Sorry to break, sorry to break the party. Um, two minutes over. <laughs> um, please feel free to grab a seat. Um, yeah. A couple of weeks ago, um, Shemi, my seven-year-old son, is actually going to be eight in a few days' time, um, asked, asked a question, and um, it was like, who invented the church? Okay, that's an interesting one. Um, and I tried to answer as, you know, to the best of my ability. And I did say to him, um, I'm going to be speaking about the church and God's kingdom on the 26th. So I'd encourage you, I'd love for you to be in service. Um, but I think he finds kids, more, kids work more interesting than his dad's voice. So I forgive him. Hopefully, um, you'll get to listen at some point. Um, as I said this morning, we'll be speaking into the church and the kingdom as we continue our kingdom series. Um, we're going to be reading from the book of Colossians 1 from 9 to 14. Um, and it's going to come up. But we're going to do something slightly different. We're all going to read together. And the idea is it's, it's really good to, to read our scriptures. For some of us, this might be the first time we'll be reading the scripture this week, this month, or this year. So um, we're all going to read together. And this is what we're going to do. So this row is going to read um, 9 to 10. And then this row would read 11 to 12. And this row would read 13 to 14. We good? Lovely. Um, if we can please pull up the scripture. Um, one, two, three, go. Nine to ten. Eleven, this row. No. <laughs> Go. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. So over the last um, couple of months, we've been speaking into the kingdom, God's kingdom, exploring the dimensions of the kingdom, what is the kingdom, what does the kingdom culture look like, um, what does it mean to be in God's kingdom. We've been doing all of that in the last um, couple of months. Um, and as we've been exploring that, I wanted us to go back into verse 13 of that scripture that we've just read. Um, can we please pull that up? And it says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son whom he loves. Now, that tells us that there is a kingdom of darkness or the dominion or the domain of darkness and the kingdom of light. And so we've been speaking about God's kingdom, but in parallel to God's kingdom, there is also the kingdom of darkness. So we have two kingdoms. 
God's kingdom and the kingdom of, of darkness. Now, what I find interesting in this scripture as I studied it was that how did man come into, God's, come into the kingdom of darkness? Why does man need rescuing from the kingdom of darkness? How did that all happen? I'd like us to just um, take a quick step back and um, go into Genesis, go into the story of the creation story. And in that story, or in, so we begin to think about Genesis 1, 2, 3, Bible talks about how God, you know, created the first man and first woman, Adam and Eve, and God put them in the garden, and God gave them dominion, gave them rulership, authority over everything that he had created, whether it's birds of the air, animals on the land, fishes in the sea. God gave them authority, basically, and it was as simple as rule on my behalf on earth. And then there was also a caveat to say, in this garden or in this domain that I've placed you, um, there is a tree um, of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. You can touch every other thing. You can eat every other thing. However, from this tree, do not touch, do not eat. Um, man being man, man disobeyed, and man fell. And in that moment that man disobeyed, man fell from God's kingdom into the kingdom of darkness. And what that means for us today is that every man born of a union between a man and a woman automatically comes into the kingdom of darkness. And as a result, we need rescuing. As a result of that, mankind needs rescuing. And God in his loving kindness, I mean, um, um, John 3, 16 puts it this way, says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God in his loving kindness thought about you, thought about me, and he sent his son to deliver mankind. And so if we then, so we've just been talking about the um, Old Testament, Genesis 1, 2, 3. We then jump to the New Testament. We see God sending his only son, Jesus, to rescue mankind. Now, at the beginning of the ministry of Jesus, um, we see Jesus going from town to town. So um, in Matthew 4, 17, Jesus going from town to town and declaring, saying to them, um, repent for the kingdom of God is near. Repent for the kingdom of God has come. Jesus went from town to town declaring the good news of God's kingdom, saying to them that there is a new kingdom or there is a kingdom that is come that will deliver you from the rulership and the reign of the kingdom of darkness. However, to institute God's kingdom on earth, Jesus needed a system. And so the first time we hear the church being mentioned is in Matthew 16. Jesus was spending time with, with his disciples and he said to them, who do people say I am? So if you begin to read from verse 12, who do people say I am? And some of them said, oh, people say you are Elijah. Oh, you are Jeremiah. And then Jesus turned to, Jesus turned to Peter and he said to him, or he turned to his disciples and said to them, who do you say I am? And Peter said to him, he said, you are Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus was so impressed. And he said to, to, to Peter, he said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And then he went further to say, upon this rock will I build my church. And so that's the first time we hear 
the word church. He says, upon this rock will I build my church. And the gates of hell would not prevail. Now, we've, 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 there's been arguments about what Jesus meant by building, building his church upon that rock. What rock was he talking about? Um, some people would say Peter was the first pope, and so Peter was the rock upon which Jesus was talking about. But in reality, Peter wasn't the, wasn't the rock Jesus was talking about. The revelation of that truth, that you are the Christ, was the rock that Jesus was talking about. That I will build my church upon this truth, that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. I'd like to assume that a lot of us in this room at different times responded to an altar call where you know, we give our lives to Christ and we declared that you are the Lord, Lord of all, and I renounce my evil ways. I'd like to assume that a lot of us in this room at some point made that call or made that response to that call. Yes. <laughs> Good. I was scared for a moment. <laughs> and what Jesus was basically saying is, this is the foundation to come into the kingdom. This is the gateway into the kingdom that the declaration of this truth gives you access into the kingdom. No wonder in Romans 10, it talks about that with the heart, with the heart man believes and with the mouth, confession is made to salvation. And so we would have confessed at different points for most of us, the lordship of Jesus. Now, what, what does the church, what, what does it mean? What does the church mean? So this is Jesus' system to institute God's kingdom on earth. But what does the church mean? Um, so the, the word church, you know, has come from a um, combination of two Greek, Greek words, ecclesia, which means the called out one or the called out assembly. And so basically the moment we um, make that declaration of faith and accept Jesus, we are called out from that kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, into God's kingdom. And as a result, we have been called into the church. And so you are the church. I am the church. As a collective, we are the church. As a gathered people today, we are the church. And even globally, everyone who identifies with Jesus as their Lord and Savior is part of the church of Christ. So you are the church. I am the church. Amen. 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 I thought I was going to excite someone. You are the church. And I am the church. We are the church of Christ. Isn't it amazing that God deemed us feet to be his church, to be his body, to bring God's kingdom or to bring his kingdom to bear on earth. What a privilege. What a privilege. You know, I was thinking about it and the reality is it's not because of what you've done or what you've not done. It's not because of what you've said or what you've not said. It is because of his own loving kindness. It is because of his own goodness that we've been accepted into the beloved. And so God has called us out of that kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his son. And there are three things I, I, I want us to look at this morning. That one, God has called us to enjoy as the church, whether as individuals or as a gathered body. He has called us to enjoy the kingdom. You know, when I was growing up, um, my idea of the church was one that I didn't want to be a part of. I remember back then, you would see people who were saved 
but it almost felt like they were not happy. And it felt like they were just waiting for Jesus to come. And so they had this grumpy look, grumpy face. And I, I made up my mind from a very young age, I don't want to be like these people. If this is what church looks like, I don't want to be a part of the church. And then, well, somehow God arrested me and I gave my life to Christ. But what I found was that God was wanting me to enjoy him. God didn't want me to follow rules, do's and don'ts. God didn't want me to follow like a set of routines. Whilst they are good, God wanted me to grow in a relationship with him. And so the father wants us as his children to enjoy him, to have intimacy with him. The do's and don'ts are good. The rules are good. They help us. But beyond all of that, he wants us to come into a relationship where we enjoy him. And I suspect that there might be some of us in this room this morning who have lost that sense of wonder and that sense of um, that relationship with God where over time, church has almost become a routine and you've, it's like, well, I go to church because my spouse is going to church or because my parents want me to go to church. But can I, can I encourage us this morning and we're gonna be praying into that. The Father wants you to enjoy the kingdom. The Father wants us to enjoy the kingdom. In, in, in 1 Corinthians 3, he talks about that as we behold, we all with an unveiled face, as we behold as in a mirror, are transformed to the image of the Father. And so as we fellowship with the Father through the Holy Spirit, as we spend time, whether it's in the study of the word, whether it's in prayers, we get transformed. As we enjoy his presence, we become more like him. And as we become more like him, he then wants us to do the second thing, which is to express the kingdom, that through our lives, the manifold wisdom of God is expressed to the world. And so if you like, the church is like an embassy. Now, the, 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 the British embassy in Nigeria, where I come from, for example, would look like the English culture. So the embassy comes into Nigeria, but the embassy would not lose the culture of its own country. It would not lose the values of its own country. It's the same way the Father wants us not just to enjoy, but to then go out into the world to express the kingdom. And last week, Tim was speaking into, um, you know, darkness and light coexisting. Darkness would always be on the earth. I mean, in Isaiah 60, it says, um, darkness has covered the earth, gross darkness the people. And so there would always be darkness on the earth. However, we've been called out as God's people to express the kingdom of God wherever we find ourselves. And so whether it's, it's speaking for justice, whether it's living at peace with all men, whether it's being full of joy, we've been called out to express God's kingdom. And so can I ask this morning, whether you are a student, whether you work, whether you are retired, how are you expressing God's kingdom where you find yourself? when you have conversations with your friends, can they tell that there is something different about this person and he has he's come with a different mindset? So I was speaking to someone recently and they said to me, oh, you're a nightmare, oh, you're terrible. And they were joking about it. And I said, no, I'm not a nightmare. No, I'm not terrible. That's not who I am. That's not who I am because that's not what the world has called me. And so why should I accept this, um, 
description of me. No, it's not who I am. And so we've been called every day to go out there to express God's kingdom. Whether it's in our families, express God's kingdom, to show the world how it's done. I mean, there's a lot of crisis today in the world. Identity crisis, gender crisis. Today I want to identify as a fish. There is all of that going on in the world. But we've been called as a church to speak truth. We've been called as a church to stand for truth. And so as we think about it in a logical manner, we enjoy God's presence by coming into fellowship with him. We, um, we express his kingdom where we find ourselves. The Father then wants us to extend his kingdom. So we enjoy, we express, and we extend this kingdom. I mean, for folks who have been in church long enough, you would have heard about the Great Commission in Matthew 28, where Jesus said to his disciples to go out into the world and make disciples of all men. We've all been called to make disciples of all men. So it's not just enough for you to sit there and enjoy. It's not just enough for you to go out there and express you also have a duty or a responsibility to extend the kingdom. That the same way you've been brought out of the kingdom of darkness by the power of the Holy Spirit into the kingdom of God's Son, the kingdom of light, you also have a responsibility to bring others out of the kingdom of darkness. And this is why the church was instituted, that we enjoy the kingdom whatever that looks like in this dispensation and even in the future, express the kingdom, but we then bring people into the kingdom. Again, whether you are a student, whether you, you know, you, you, you are a businessman, whether you are retired, you have a responsibility wherever you find yourself to extend God's kingdom. to extend God's kingdom. Now, the early church gave us almost a model of what this should look like. The early church started, started in the book of Acts, Acts 2, and I'm just going to paraphrase really quickly. The Bible talks about how um, Jesus, before his ascension, said to his, his disciples to tarry in the upper room until they be endued with power from on high. And this, these folks, you know, spent some time, three days or so, in the upper room. And, and scripture talks about how the Holy Spirit came upon them. And the moment the Spirit of God hit this um, set of people, they started speaking in other tongues. And as they started speaking in other tongues, there were people in that vicinity or in that area who heard them speaking in other tongues. And so... Um, the Polish person heard Landry speaking in, in Polish. The Hungarian heard Landry speaking in Hungarian. And they were wondering, are these guys drunk? Are these guys crazy? And Peter stood up and he started speaking to these people. And he started speaking to them about Jesus and how that the Holy Spirit had been promised. And as a result of the promise of the Father, this is, you know, the manifestation of that promise. And then this is where I'm going to. If you have your Bibles, can I please ask you to turn to Acts 2? Acts 
you came to church with your Bible. <laughs> if you are there, say amen. amen. Oh, good. <laughs> it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. I'll read that again. It says that these people devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Can I please ask the band to come up? To fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. After the Holy Spirit had come, 3,000 were added to the church and they did something together. They devoted themselves to teaching just as we are doing today just as we do in our, in our life groups, devoted, devoted to teaching, to fellowshipping together. Peter was speaking earlier about life groups. If you are here and you, you know, you've been wondering about life groups, I'd encourage you to, to get into life groups in City Gate Church. This is how we fellowship. This is how we, one, enjoy the kingdom, and then we can go out to express the kingdom and to ultimately extend the kingdom. These folks devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowshipping together, to breaking of bread. And then lastly, it says to prayer. See, the church of Christ would not have been born without prayer. And as a church, we are beginning to even elevate prayer amongst us. And so can I, can I encourage you, again, we have our Elevate Prayers coming up on the 26th of April, and it's a time where, as a church, we'll be meeting together to fast and to pray, to seek thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Can I encourage you that you join in these prayers? And what are we trying to do, basically? We are trying to enjoy the kingdom. As we enjoy the kingdom, we are receiving boldness, just as Peter did, to go out there to extend, sorry, to express the kingdom. And as we ex express the kingdom, by the power of the Spirit of God, we are able to extend God's kingdom. And so, what am I trying to say? We've been called to one, enjoy this kingdom, express this kingdom, and extend this kingdom as we fellowship together, as we are being taught just like this, and even in our small groups, and as we come together to pray. So can I please ask if you, if you can please stand to your feet, if that's possible. Can I please ask you to stand to your feet? Can I please invite the prayer team to please come forward? If you are part of the prayer team, can I please encourage you to come forward? We're going to do a few things this morning. We've been talking about being um, rescued from the kingdom of darkness into God's kingdom. Can I please ask that all eyes be closed, if you can, please? If you're in this room this morning and 
you've never given your life to Christ or you are unsure of, of your position in Christ, I feel that this is a moment for you to step out in faith and come and respond and give your life to Christ. You won't be able to enter into the fullness of the good news of God's kingdom if you do not say to him, I accept you as my Lord and my Savior and I renounce all of my evil ways. And so if that is you, can I please ask that you come forward and my friends will be here to pray with you. Also, whilst I was praying, I sensed that there might be a few folks in the room this morning and it was so strong on my heart where you've lost, if that is you, can you please you know, step forward on, the, on my left hand side, that you've lost the wonder of that encounter with God and church has become a routine to you. Church has become, you know, let's just tick the box. It's a Sunday, Sunday thing. And you are wanting to be filled all over again with the Holy Spirit. You are wanting to enjoy something of that, of that joy of knowing Jesus. And you, you no longer enjoy that relationship. I feel that this morning the Lord is calling you, if that is you, to please come forward and receive prayers. Because I feel that the Lord will want to revive some of us this morning. And there is a last set of people that I feel that the Lord would have us pray together or pray for this morning. You know that the Lord has called you into um, like the ministry of evangelism. Now, we've all been called to extend God's kingdom, but God has specifically gifted some of us as evangelists. And for that, for that group, you've either struggled or you've wrestled with that, with that calling upon your life. Can I ask again, can I encourage you this morning that you please step out and receive prayer. The band is going to lead us into a song and then I'll come and wrap up in a moment.